Welcome everybody to the Cranes Conversations podcast, a new podcast produced by Cranes Detroit Business focused on innovation in business and new ideas for Michigan's economic future. I'm Chad Livingood, Senior Editor at Cranes Detroit Business. Here at Cranes, we're focused on issues affecting Michigan's economy and doing business in the Great Lakes State. And there's perhaps no one issue that's causing more strain on the economy right now than talent shortages across multiple sectors. There's lots of companies that have turned to government agencies or community colleges have filled various gaps in their in their talent. And then there's a, a long established company here in Metro Detroit that's taking a different approach. Bosch North America, uh, the industrial uh, automation, mobility and automotive and household appliance maker headquartered uh, with its North America headquarters in Farmington Hills has been focusing its skills training within its existing uh, workforce. Here to talk about the company's uh, apprenticeship programs and retraining uh, approaches is Charlie Ackerman. He's a Senior Vice President of Human Resources at Bosch. Uh, Charlie, thanks thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Chad. Glad to be here. Uh, tell us a little bit about how Bosch approaches talent development and, and why is that, how is it differently than, than just looking outside of your own walls uh, for, for, new, uh, for new talent? Yeah, well, I, I think first, uh, Chad, that, that what we need to recognize is, is why. Why are we faced in this type of situation? It's all, it's all based upon the technological advances that we're seeing in the marketplace today. Um, when you look at so many different, I would say, innovations that are impacting the market and also us, even as we even produce those products into the market, they're pretty vast and it's coming faster and faster and faster. So when we see those types of technological advancements, what we have to do is respond and we have to create a culture for people to learn much quicker, expand their networks, but also use that network and use those types of technological advancements to produce new products and then also use those types of products inside of Bosch. What we're trying to do is, is that we're trying to make sure here that what differentiates us is rapidly building those systems, those programs to upskill our talent, but then also if we need external talent, develop those programs to be able to bring that type of talent into the organization. So what kind of, of approaches have you taken to upskill the, the existing workforce? Mm -hmm. Well, currently in the, the upskilling the existing workforce, if you were to look in some of our manufacturing organizations, we already had existing apprenticeship programs. Well, what we had to do is, is make sure that those apprenticeship programs were revisited, redesigned, and made sure that the technological changes that are happening there in those facilities, that we're now teaching them a better way to ensure that they understand how to interface with that technology. So we had to basically go in and do an upgrade. When you look also inside of our organization today, when you start looking at automation of our processes and automation of the enterprise, there are certain types of robotic process automation. When we see that in the organization, what we have to do is, is that we have to put training intervention in place uh, with this robotic processing. That's number two, so you would actually have that. I think one thing that's very, very exciting that we have is we've introduced a, an app where we've been able to pick this up you know, from the market, and it helps people understand their personal digital literacy. And so you download it to your phone, and when you download it to your phone, you take a personal assessment, 
And after that assessment, it gives you a direct feedback of where you stand against other people in, in the same type of group. And uh, within this, within your own company, yeah, oh. yeah, and so uh, we piloted that uh, at the first part of this year, and we're at the point of actually continuing to push this through the organization. It's a it's a great opportunity to use this type of technology to help people become aware of where they are in the continuum of digital literacy, and. Um, it has a gamification feature along with that. So what it does is it appeals to all generations and it appeals to the types of culture that we're really looking for. Because you've got, I imagine, um, uh, workers who are in their late 50s who may have a, di a different digital experience than, than the worker um, who came in here at 25 years old yeah. out of grad school. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, when you, when, you, when you look at what the digital app does, one of the first things that it may ask you is, is what is your comfort level in working with social media? Well, if you take someone as a traditionalist, okay, or even a baby boomer, those people are really not using social media that much. On the other hand, when you take more of your Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen X, okay, individuals, well, they're more familiar with it. So the ease of digital literacy is, is really there. I think the other thing too is, is that, you know, when you think of traditionalists and baby boomers, at that point in time, what they were exposed to with either laptop computers or even standalone computers is totally different than what you have on your iPhone today. So it really is, to your point, a significant difference. But the digital literacy app that we have, one thing that we all are, can, I think we can realize is, is that we like to be part of a community. And when you set this type of system up where people can openly and in an emotionally safe way talk with each other, you know, even around the water cooler or the break rooms, like, what was your score? Well, my score was this, you know. Uh, and then, then they open the app up and they, they share with each other what it's like in a very emotionally friendly way. It really gets the organization excited. And that's, uh, that's how we approach it. So how have you, what do you, what kind of data comes out of this that you use to try to, um, to, to eventually upskill those digital skills? Well, I think what, what, what you need to be aware of is, is that with this particular app, what we have is, is that on the back end is Power BI, which is, which is an aggregator of data. It looks at <clears throat> the usage of the data. It looks at the articles that the person would be looking at, what they read. And when they turn around and, and uh, get their next test and it prescribes a particular type of next type of training for them, whether it's machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, blockchain technology, um, scrum methodologies, all of these types of new types of terms, we have the ability to see that recognize that and then turn around and customize training specifically for that division or department. So it's, it's basically identifying where your shortcomings That's are. That's right, yeah, on an aggregate level. And then you, you, you customize your actual skill training towards what, what the app essentially has identified. That's correct. And it's all, everyone has to basically participate, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But, the, but that's part of the you know, kind of ongoing assessment. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Um, 
I would say that one particular division, I found it quite interesting that one division that we had, they were interested in definitions of ecosystems and how do you work within certain ecosystems. Just the terminology, all right? The other division, its highest uh, usage rate was all about how do I learn more about blockchain technology? So what we then have is the ability to see that, put intervention measures in place to be able to provide them more information in that area. And, and um, with your apprenticeship programs, um, how, how are you changing them uh, to, to do them more internally, particularly in the software um, mm -hmm. development? Because you all are in the mobility business, and, uh, and, and I imagine you're writing a lot of software right now. Yeah, it's, it's quite a bit. You know, uh, before I came in here, I went and I looked at uh, how many jobs do we have open in engineering just here within the Farmington Hills and Plymouth area, and I saw 113, all right? And when was this? Today. Today? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it was today. And then what I did is I just did a quick check of those 113, how many of those were product development engineering versus software engineering. And it was easy to see that we had over 80% of those positions in, in software engineering or some form of software type of engineering, whether that's systems architecture, systems design, some form of coding that we really need. If we look at some of the, the base types of coding that we would be looking at, we would be looking at C++, right? And so, that is very important for us to say, okay, do we have the type of talent that we need for these, this coding capability? Well, in the market right now, no, we don't. I mean, if it, it's very simple to see that, you know, we've got this demand, but the supply on the market is really not there. And then we get into a situation of either making a decision. Do we buy the talent or do we build the talent? Because of the labor economics, the high demand, low supply, it makes better sense for us to be able to go build the talent. That's why we've got the apprenticeship program. And um, I was very happy, and I mean very pleased, to partner with the Consumer Technologies Association in what we call the Apprenticeship Coalition. And the Apprenticeship Coalition is a number of like-minded, like-need organizations like Bosch, like Ford, and coming together, IBM actually offered, um, through CTA and this coalition, the capabilities of going through the process but much faster. So what we did is we pulled the resources together, and within one week we were able to develop our standards for software development, uh, software apprenticeship program and be able to submit that, our standards, to the Department of Labor. We invited the Department of Labor here, and they have our standards now. We did this in the 1st of uh, July, and they're in the process of reviewing that. We will get the results of the approval. I'm sure that we will. I'm very confident about that. And um, we're putting also the infrastructure in place to be able to run that particular program, and, and very quickly. So, And how many... Um how many people will be able to go through it at once, or mm -hmm. um, and, and what's your what's the timeline for this apprenticeship? Yeah, the, well, it's a very it's a great question because first it starts off with 
what we what we look at as our strategic workforce planning. And when you look at how we sense the organization to understand that, in the next 24 months, we need, under forecast, 342 software engineers. In order to launch this particular program, what we're trying to start off with is 10%. So what I would like to see is effective January the 1st, our first class of apprentices uh, starting in January 2020. So, so because right now you have 113 jobs, mm-hmm. they're just open that need to be filled. That's now. right. Now, that's right. I imagine you have to go to the you still got to go to the market and mm-hmm. and and buy that talent, mm-hmm. um, which which basically requires either going to every top university you can find and, and knocking on doors. But I mean, it's 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 July, so most of those that's right. most of those uh, uh, graduates have come already, maybe already gotten hired. Mm-hmm. Um, this this seems like a um, maybe not a crisis for you, but it's it's becoming um, a, a real alarm bell. Um, well, it is, and I, I would tell you that we're doing quite well um, with being able to fill our positions. I mean, I, I think that we are. Um, our time to fill is. Um, I would say, like everyone else's, um, it's a little bit more, it's longer than what we would want, okay, we, uh, because it extends a little bit more but with, the, with fewer talent on the market. But even that gives the reasons why if you can bring a person into the organization that we can even go at a much, I would say, lower level in the organization but also with less experience, we can build that type of experience as long as we get them into the organization. So what we always say within the recruiting, and many of my HR colleagues would understand this, you can't go to the market today looking for a unicorn. You won't find them. Right. Is to be able to have everything that you're looking for wrapped up in one nice little bow. Right? It just doesn't work. Coding, system architecture, system design, domain knowledge, and even company knowledge. If you think of that, they're just not there. So you have to break that down into what is most important. I might be able to teach them the domain knowledge, but I'll I'll give up on system architecture and coding. I can teach that. That's the purpose of the apprenticeship program, to be able to do that in one year. To okay. build your unicorns rather than yeah, buy your unicorns. That's right. Yeah, and we can build them. And once they come, they have a tendency to stay at Bosch. Right. And, and uh, what's, the, what's the market right now as far as um, – what's, what's the poaching right now going on between companies uh, in the market? I would, I would say there's, the, there's really not a lot of poaching. I think that there's a, there's a great respect uh, in, this, in this particular area. Um, and, and when we say that is, is that um, I feel – that first off is companies, we have a corporate level of respect. I would say that there are companies like ours, okay, with Ford and GM and Cooper Standard, um, Meritor, I mean, all of these companies, we don't, as a general rule, go after the talent there. Now, what we do is, is that we acknowledge that people may move, but we don't aggressively go after them. Mm So. It is. Uh, it's it's common courtesy. So it's it's a matter of um, 
you you have to go out and market what you offer yeah. and what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, how much is location well, then, now uh, for you? How what what I mean you're you're plated here in a suburban office park uh, in Farmington Hills. What, how does that how does that factor into younger talent, uh, especially when you got a Ford that's you know going down into Detroit and trying mm-hmm. to trying to build a campus, uh, and others are, are doing similar well, efforts. Well, I, I tell you, um, if you if you look at what attracts talent, okay, because that, that really gets at what your question is. What What is it that attracts talent here? First off is Bosch is well-known in the automotive industry. It may not necessarily be well-known outside of the automotive industry. Sure. But here, we're, we're very well-known. The next thing is, is that we have an incredible place to work. If you look within the walls of what you see here, it's very modern, it's very open, and it's for people in engineering roles, what do they want? What do they really want? They want to work on cool products and cool projects, things that truly make a difference in people's lives. And so that's what we do is we appeal to to the market there. We share with them you know, how they can work on um, autonomous driving automated systems, okay? The ability to truly make sure that they can come up with something revolutionary if they choose to do so, right? Sure. And uh, so that the cool factor is, is very, very important. The other factor is the ability to give employees the opportunity to work virtual. We do this. Um, we issue laptops, very good laptops, the technology to work with, the ability to interface wherever you are, okay? You have the ability to work. Mm-hmm. Then, then it's about having the opportunity in an environment to work from home. So it, it's not in an emergency situation, but time during the week, giving people um, a day or two during the week to just work, work from home. Right. So, so what it is is, if I've always mentioned this before, is when you're trying to attract talent in the organization, it's like a three-legged stool, okay? And every leg has to actually grow at the same rate. Leaders in the organization need to know how to understand that, and it's the work, the worker, and the workplace. All of those have to be in balance. If not, then you may have the inability to t- uh, attract the talent that you're looking for. Charlie, on, on any given week of the 2,800 people you have working between here and Plymouth, as you call it, your campus, um, how many of them are working from home on, on any, uh, any given week mm. or any given day? I wouldn't uh, know the figure uh, off the top of my head. I would only have to guess. But, you know, even myself, you know, there are times that I work, you know, from home um, or, or even I'm traveling. I would... I wouldn't be able to give you a, an accurate that assessment. Is, that, that has changed from 10, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely in the last 10 years, for sure. Right. Yeah, at one point in time, we had, like most organizations, they have to get past the notion that I see the person, they're working. Sure. If I don't see the person, they're not working. Yep. That We have to eradicate that out of the culture, and we've done that quite well. Well, hey, Charlie Ackerman uh, with uh, Bosch, uh, Senior Vice President of Human Resources. Thank you for taking time to talk to us about what Bosch is doing uh, to do, to develop its talent. Thank you, Chad. I'm Chad Livingood, Senior Editor at Cranes Detroit Business. You've been listening to the Cranes Conversations podcast.